Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. When you hear the trippy music, you hear the trippy music, you know it's time. It's time for... Some call me Tim. Oh, I timed it out right for the first time ever. I am so excited. This is Some Call Me Tim. The show that's called Some Call Me Tim, based after the Monty Python and the Holy Grail, the sorcerer that they meet before they go over the bridge. Is that what it's based off of? Yeah, there are some who call me Tim. Oh, I thought it was because of a Tim. No, it has nothing to do with Tim Pizza. I I, I titled it that because um, I, Tim Pizza was going to be a part of it, and we play his moogity meeging ones and twos uh, bibbity boops after the on the second hour of the show. Mm. But it was named Some Call Me Tim specifically in reference to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, one of my favorite movies of all time that is also about the search for a religious artifact that might or might not exist, much like the existence of God. Really, I, I we used to watch it in church, at church camp when I was little. And uh, we, it was like, if we'd stay up all night, that would be the last one they'd play because everyone would fall asleep to it, except me, because I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Wait, people fell asleep to that movie? That's my favorite Monty it's Python. It's, yeah, but it, it, it would be like our junior high and high school was weird and all of the... Every once in a while, we'd have these sleepovers where nobody slept, and you just basically pulled an all-nighter. And they'd start showing movies about 2 a.m. and be like, okay, this is the place where everybody's sleeping in this room, and here's the room where we're not watching movies and everybody can actually sleep or whatever. And some people were hardcore and tried to stay up the whole time, like me. And the last movie they'd always play at like 5 in the morning or whatever would be Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's just an incentive to stay up. I know, exactly. That's what I thought. Well, and then it just became like everyone just knowing all the lines so then it was sort of boring and dumb not boring and dumb but it became like you weren't cool unless you knew the lines and if you didn't know the lines don't say the lines because everyone else knows the lines so then it gives you incentive to try to watch it at home but at that time it was the late 80s early 90s so like i don't even think we had a vcr back then yeah yeah i was late 80s i wasn't even born yet i know you're young enough to be my child, I could actually be your mom. <laughs> actually, uh, biologically, yeah. Biologically. My mom's, my mom's 55, probably shouldn't say that on air, she'll get mad at me, but she's 55, 56. Yeah, so it's about the, yeah. well, you're, you're, I'm you're 42. in 40s. Yeah, you're, yeah. yeah so okay. technically you, cause you're what, you're, you're 26 now, right? 23. 23, right. Yeah, it makes more sense for 21 year olds. Uh, it, well, actually, no, I had my first abortion in 95. So, that and my and it was it was my ex-husband was black so i always say that uh mike evans jr could be the ghost of my aborted child <laughs> i he met him that. two weeks ago too so it's just fresh in my mind i love that guy <laughs> and he totally takes it with a grain of salt he thinks it's very funny yeah. sometimes he calls me his comedy mom or whatever it's very funny <laughs> but yeah he's in 95 i had an abortion and uh it would have been a cute little i'm sure not as tall as mike evans jr because my ex-husband was pretty short uh, but you could have had a uh, Ed Ant or an Ahmed Abdurrahman. Well, yeah, I could have had an Ahmed. Uh, I would hope an Ahmed Abdurrahman because he has a lot of. Not that Ed Ant doesn't have a lot of um, drive, but Ahmed's 
putting himself through school, and yeah. you know, I'm really proud yeah, of him. He's for... taking care of his blind dad. He's uh, he's starting to get shows at Cobb's and everything. He's moving up in he's comedy, and I'm proud of him. He got shows at Cobb's, all right. Yeah, yeah, like with uh, Tuesday shows. Hella funny. Oh, with Hella yeah, funny. Yeah, good um, for him. Phil Woods, Roy Moy, that group. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah, he was one of the first people I met in comedy, actually. So it's really exciting for me to see him do things that I'm jealous of. Oh, that's yeah? that's a very nice way to put that. <laughs> uh, so this is still we're supposed to talk about God or whatever. Uh, but you've been on before. Yeah. And we talked about God and Jesus and all that stuff. And uh, things you believe in. Uh, t- drug policy reform. Believe in that? <laughs> no, we've talked about uh, your family issues and your history with... Not your pers- your own personal history with methamphetamine, but not you taking it. People around you. No, I know. I know it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but because, and well, now it's like this. So, my mother never smoked cigarettes because her mother smoked cigarettes and she thought it was so disgusting. And if, even if she smelled it, she'd freak out. Now, I smoke, like, I love smoking, but I wonder if those are, like, let's say I had a kid, would they, like, hate marijuana? Or maybe they would if they attached it to some negative behaviors I was doing and then associated that with marijuana. I'd assume that, yeah, because again, your mom's thought process was the cigarettes are the negative behavior. Right. So that's how she was able to turn away from the marijuana right now, especially if you had kids in California, you know, it would just be, all right, it's just another thing. Like you, you, you would have to be, I don't know, you'd have to forget to pick them up from soccer practice every right. day. Right, yeah. You know? Exactly. Just be like that whole marijuana stoner, I forgot type. Thing. I forgot. Yeah, no, it would have, how bad would you have to be to be a bad pop mom or whatever? I mean, I, I can't even imagine. You'd be horrible up until they're like 16, 17. And, and then, then you'd they, be yeah. so cool. <laughs> oh, my mom's so cool. God, my mom's a genius when it comes to weed. Like, she doesn't smoke it. Uh, she tried it a little bit when she was younger. But um, very first time she caught me stoned. I came home from work. She yelled at me for what felt like 30 minutes, left me alone in my room. Five minutes later, SWAT kicks down the door to my room, stares at me and goes, your favorite pizza's here, in the kitchen now. (laughs) And then just stared at me home alone while I ate like an entire Zorba's all-meat pizza by myself, giving me the death glare. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about weed anymore after that. She really really threw a number. She really did a number on you. I'm reading, I'm rereading Firestarter by... Stephen King right now and there's a whole thing where the dad purposely when she's a little girl she lights her hair on fire and so he yells at her so big that she remembers that for the rest of her life and it becomes this she's a child but she has this weird fixation on her ability because she it's bad and my dad yelled at me and so like but he forced her to have a complex about it and I just wonder like how many things we might do I mean I'm not gonna ever be a parent I'm a good nanny because I'm paid to be on fleek you know what I mean like when I'm with kids I don't fuck around I'm like I'm really like I'm really patient and kind I set good limits I make sure that they're like positive in if they're in in the environment needs to be safe I make sure that they have appropriate behavior in appropriate environments like when I'm being paid to do it I'm on it but if nobody was like watching over me or paying me 20 bucks an hour I don't I'm wondering like what bad habits or what weird complexes I would give my children. Your children become comedians. <laughs> That's the is weirdest that, complex you can give them. Is that what <laughs> is that what you tell your parents? Do you, um, do you still talk to both your parents and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I, I try out jokes a lot on my mom, actually, which is cool. You know the joke about how her uh, tits are fake? <laughs> I tried that out to her in traffic court, and she laughed. It was like the most abysmal setting ever. So once she laughed at that, that was like, all right, that's like, my that's, best you joke. You got it. 
Well, I enjoy your toilet joke about that it's not a real. That they real believe toilet, yeah. it is a real toilet, but that they there's some belief when you do the math. It's very very funny, of of this toilet that has to be safe. But that's more like hoarding behavior than like meth head behavior. Yeah. Um. It's weird though. Uh, the toilet's still there, by the way. Like every time I do that joke, I change the uh, days. I don't know how long the toilet's been there, but I always add a couple of days on sure. it. Sure. Um, it's in the backyard, just chilling. Yeah, chilling. Uh, it's no longer on the grass. Um, it's in a. Uh, it's right under the uh, the rain gutters, so it's got its own little cover from there. You know, uh, wow. one of my little brother's chores to clean it once a week. Um, what? How old is your little brother? Oh. I got one who's 16, who's six foot three, 230 pounds. He's a linebacker, so Whoa. yeah, I gotta keep my mouth shut at home. Well, um, does he? Um, has he ever had a concussion? I just watched a thing today about yeah, yeah, about um, football players and concussions and how the NFL has been preying on them for years and hiding the information, hiding yeah. the knowledge he's, that concussions are really, 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 really bad for you. Yeah, he's got a concussion actually. He's had one, just one though, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a linebacker, so he's in the position where you get him the most too. Um, weird part is too, my girlfriend who I uh, started dating two, three months ago. Hi, Rachel. I hope I got that uh, time right. Um, <laughs> She went through a major concussion once. Whoa. Yeah, because uh, she's allergic to peanut butter. And um, she goes to UC Santa Cruz. They gave her some peanut butter. It wasn't labeled properly. Passed out in the bathroom. She wasn't able to hit walk. Her, hit her head went on like the sink or something? Yeah, on the tile floor. Ooh. Wasn't able to walk for three months. Oh, on the tile floor. Yeah. Conk. So after that, you know, it's kind of this huge, weird thing. Like, he, I don't know if Mark, he's going to... I feel like, he, see, he's getting scouted for uh, San Jose State right now. Wow. He actually went over to a training camp over the summer. You know, he's doing a lot of things there. He's really good at football, actually. So I still have that worry. But also, there's nothing I can do because I can't tell him quit the thing you love doing. He needs to start taking CBD before he works out. Because they're doing brain studies that CBD, cannabis, but specifically high CBD strains, do this thing in your brain where it protects your brain from the inside. Really? So like you have your helmet on the outside, but even with your helmet, your brain still smashes into your head cap, your head skull, and then your skull smashes into your... You like there's a lot of physics yeah. going on and your brain's moving around and it's not supposed to do that. But CBD is supposed to protect whatever the neurons that happen when it... Like, I've, I've never heard of... Um, that'd be more of a... Uh something you do before in order Wait. to stop it but i've also heard that that really helps um people who still have those discussions like a lot of football players right now are um not protesting but you know trying no, but they're to get advocating weed. for yeah. weed yeah yeah because it's it helps like my girlfriend's father uh he i don't know how old he was but he was he did a lot of stupid things when he was around my age you know got a lot of concussions weed helps him all the time because yeah. of it you know so yes yeah. It's well, a lifesaver. It's a thing. So everybody go out there and get your CBDs. Yeah, and that's, that's the... Uh, <laughs> I believe that's in the, CBDs. That's the purely medicinal one. Like, that's the stuff that if they really crack down on, okay, weed's only from medicine, they'd only sell CBDs. Well, but us. that's the thing is that THC is supposed to thing that stops or reverses the cancer cells from growing. Oh, really? I thought it was all CBD. No, CBD okay. is the ep- one that stops the epileptic stuff from okay. happening. So it's more of like a, a seizuring issue. Like, it stops that and it... It's all like magic plant. It's magic. I mean, I believe in it so much. I I mean, it's a medicine that we're allowed to grow. I'm like, do you believe in God? I 
a little bit because cannabis is so beautiful. Like I might, I might consider believing in God a little bit. That's it, which is crazy to me that what everybody smokes weed and goes, I believe in weed or they believe in God. Uh, I don't think they have like a firm belief in any higher power, Mm -hmm. but they believe that it does have healing powers and. It's more the communal thing where everybody goes to mass, you know, smokes weed to heal themselves, that's and then great. they go out and eat donuts because they're actually stoned, so they have an excuse. Right, because they're really hungry. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you're not a huge pothead, though. Um, no, not really. I'll smoke, you know, a spliff or like half a joint every once in a while, but I don't, I don't smoke weed 24-7, you know? Right. Yeah, I did um, when I first started doing comedy. Because it was just everywhere. It's yeah. ubiquitous. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard not to. It's it's it was a fun time too. Don't get me wrong. I don't yeah. mind. Yeah, I don't mind uh, getting stoned. I actually get to host Brainwash tonight. I'm excited about yeah, that. I, I got last host. minute. Uh, Anthony contacted me last minute, and I was like, Hell yeah! I love hosting Brainwash. I love my free burger, or free whatever I get, oh whatever God, I, I was, decide to get. You remember Jermaine Reeves? Oh my goodness! I was there so, during that day. Were you there when I, I was outside? When I was yeah. yelling, when he, we got in our little fight at the yeah. Brainwash. No, I was outside. He came right outside, started screaming at me and Tyler Morris. I think his last name is former comic, uh, for, uh, former Marine. He just oh, likes to Owen, hang out at the Owen Morris. Owen, I'm sorry, yeah. And he just went straight up to us, started screaming at us, calling us crackers it was like wow, yeah fuck? first time i ever been called a racial slur wow yeah made, wow. made it 22 right but you're and you have you're not just you look white but you're also part filipino, filipino yeah 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 with a beard i look mexican it's just so funny yeah it's i feel like half half asian half white people you can never really tell what they are it's half just, you, asian half black people long you was here last week and from LA and he actually made it all the way to the finals at the Cobb thing. Oh wow. And he's half black, half Chinese. And he doesn't look Chinese at all. He just looks like a, a really thin black guy. <laughs> so I mean it's uh, you, you can't you, who knows how we all mix together. Yeah, it's it's well there's a punim chart but I failed 6th grade biology so. That's that's what it's called, right? That whole box thing where you Oh right the, right right. The alleles or whatever, the yeah. Mendel, the M- Mendel and the and the alleles. Do I remember that correctly? I, I've never really taught science, so I don't uh, have any idea. Uh, sci- science is I we, science is God. It's crazy. This is a much easier interview. Last week I had a guy who's dying of cancer, and he wow. has like three weeks left to live. And I'm asking wow. him about the afterlife, and he's like, "There's nothing." He's like, I hope. He's, he's like, I know there's nothing there, but there better be nothing. This has got to end. He's like, when is it? And we talked a lot about narcissism and the reason that people are afraid of death and people, the reason they want to live on and all is about this narcissism. And I'm like, I never confront my own narcissism because I hang out with comedians all the time. Yeah, we feel we fuel it for you. We fuel it for each other. I get. Well, we all stand on stage and do this stuff. Uh, it's it's crazy. That's the thing. Though. That's the station. So sometimes. Sometimes I cry alone in the dark. Not alone. Jonathan's usually there. Um, but I cry about the concept of like, is this meaningful? Am I just providing a platform for delusional people like myself to continue in their delusions and dreams of some comedic aspirations? Am I just fucking, are we all just fap, fap, fapping each other off? Or... Is it real? Like, well, here's the thing with that. Like, I, I get what you mean, but I also feel like a lot of people like try to go, "Oh, what's my purpose in life? What's my purpose in life?" I feel like the purpose is to find it, you know, because that's the most fun you'll have in your life. 
you know, disco- for your purpose. discovering it, all those things, you know, to being 20, 30, like things like that. But like once you find it, it just becomes a mechanical thing. Like let's say you, I don't know, you, you, your purpose in life is to become the president somehow. Then it just becomes a job. Then it becomes right. something you have to do rather than is achieving a lofty goal that you one day might or might not reach. Mm-hmm. It's the chase of it that I find you know, fulfilling rather than actually reaching it. But you have a girlfriend now, so you chased and chased and she said, okay. Yeah, now I'm not happy. That's why I'm doing comedy. <laughs> no, no she's, she's awesome, actually. We actually knew each other in high school. Like, we, I've known her longer than my balls have been dropped. Wow, yeah. that is darling. What a cute analogy. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got the her over. The time, yeah. Wow. You showed her your balls. You said, look, they dropped. <laughs> look, here it is. Uh, slang in the big dick. I don't know why I just said that. That's something that Poji would say. I'm still sort of channeling Poji. Was that him on the uh, phone? Yes, it was. I miss him so much. I haven't seen him in a while. Where's he Because he lives in Missouri now. Oh, when did he move? He left the first week of March. Wow, that's been a while, And he went, drove back to Missouri and... um, and it's, I mean, he used to work with my boyfriend, Jonathan, and he'd spend the night at my house all the time. We were like, re- we've been like really, really, really good friends yeah. for, for since he moved here the years ago. So like maybe four or five years, we've been like really good friends. And I'm like, he's good. And now wow. we just talk on the phone. Um, what do you move out there for? Comedy? His or, mother uh... lives out there and he needed to circle the wagons and figure out what he was doing and sort of change. Things weren't working out here. Mm-hmm. Um, he was living in Benicia with his dad. He was driving to South City to work every day. So he was driving like four hours. And he was spending oh, God, the, yeah. He was spending a lot of time at my house. But then I kind of had a thing where I was like, Steve, I want to have sex with my boyfriend. And I can't when you're sleeping on my couch. I just can't. And he's like, no, no, you can't. I'm like, no. No, you you might be able to handle it. But I'm saying, I can't. I can't be behind this closed door without knowing that you're out there. Like, I can't, I can't do it. It's weird to me. You perform on stage all the time, but that's the stage you won't but do. But that's not, I don't want to like, but then I'd be like, I'm making too much noise. I'm not, I don't want him to know. Now he knows that we're doing it and now oh, I'm not making enough noise. That's when you have fun with him. You start saying some weird stuff, just hit me. No. You know, make Steve just leave, never come back. Yeah. Well, I could never ask Jonathan. Jonathan would be like, no, Steve, she's lying. And then we'd be, <laughs> then we'd be having a conversation with Steve while we were having sex, which is exactly what I'd want to avoid from the beginning. <laughs> So that's that's all, all right. That stuff. You, you convinced yeah. me. You convinced me. Thank you. Yeah, it's a small it's a small apartment, but I I I do miss I do miss my friend. So what is your purpose? You have your purpose yet? You don't know. Uh, I have no idea. My oh, that's our purpose right now to smoke that. Um, but again, the for me the purpose is like to find it, because you know like you can always, I feel like you can always uh, switch off and go to a different one. You know that purpose isn't going to define you for the rest of your life. You know, college students for the next four years, their purpose is to get good grades to find a job. I changed my major six times in college. Yes, exactly. You can, six times. You can pivot. You know, it's not, you don't sign a contract once you get your purpose. You right. know, there's no lawyer sitting you down going, all right, sign this. If you if you decide to become a comedian, you're going to owe $10,000. <laughs> you know, well, that's actually true, but you know, you're not going right. to, there's nothing written in writing. Like, a lot of people look at the purpose and go, oh, it's something set in stone. No, the purpose in life is to have fun enjoy See, it. now that's I like that purpose I think that's great which is why I'm not gonna ever have any children of my own because they suck the fun out of everything unless you're being paid to hang out with them I really if someone was like okay so and this is so funny on my uh, I, on my last abortion 
with Jonathan. We would have had a beautiful baby, I'm sure. But, and I even thought about it for a minute. I, the, one of the only reasons why I was like, this is just not going to, financially it was impossible. There were many, many, many reasons why it was impossible, but one of the main ones was financial. So I had a joke that I was trying to do, but it wouldn't catch on because it freaked people out, where I was like, I need to put up a GoFundMe or something to raise a million dollars. If someone gave me a million dollars, I would have the baby. So I'd be like, you know, hey, we have 20 weeks to raise a million dollars for me to keep this baby. Otherwise, I'm aborting it. Put your money where your mouth is, you fucking Christian fundamentals. If you want, I, I would be a great mom if I had the ability to be a great mom financially. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So give me a million dollars and I won't abort this baby. Nobody liked that joke. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked the concept. No one liked the concept behind it. They didn't find the irony or the anything. They were just like, too soon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I. What do you feel about abortions? I I could have been an abortion. I was an accident. (gasps) You know? Really? I was a happy little surprise. So like I. I'm very weird with it, you know. You're the first one of the family, though. Oh, no, you have an older sister. Mm. You have a younger brother. Two, two youngers. Yep, first one. So you were the first one, and they said, "Yeah, we're gonna do this." Yeah, I said, "Ah, fuck it. We've lived a good life." Um, <laughs> but so, like, it's it's weird for me because you know, I I have this weird thing where it's like, uh, don't abort a child. I could not be around right now, but also I know it's a woman's choice. It's her body, so I tend to be smart about it and just shut up. And you know, let them decide because if I if I go on my whole thing saying, Oh, I could have been an abortion, all that, I'm just telling I'm coming from an area where I have some, you know, not life experience, but experience in it, but also not enough to tell somebody what to do. Right. So it's it's weird with that. Yeah, twenty three now see that's so funny, because twenty three is a weird age, but at twenty three I thought I was so old. I was like already graduated from college. I'd been teaching for two years. By the time I was 23, I'd been teaching for two years. And um, I had been with my boyfriend then for since I was 19. So I'd been with my boyfriend for four years. I'd been teaching for two. I was graduating with college. And I, I was like, I'm so old. So I got married when I was 25. And I was like, I'm the oldest of my friends to get married. This is crazy. Like, a, we were in some, and I thought it was so old. I'm 25 and I'm getting married. I am so old. 23, I thought I knew everything. I thought, seriously. Honestly, that's what I felt like comedy's helped me out with. Because I used to be that argumentative asshole in the back of class, always saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, this is why. Comedy's made me realize I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Wow. You know? Um, and it's because you get up on stage and, like, you know, I usually... I, I try to talk about relatable things, but I tend to go on broader topics, you know, like Shakespeare, religion, and my stage uh, on set. And a lot of times I get up there and like, no, you're full of shit. Uh, It's just like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not the genius I thought I was. Huh. So comedy's humbling. It really is. It it is very humbling. Um, I'm right now, I just um, got some material from a friend that quit. So I used to... I used to be a great comedian named drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. Now he's drummer. Mm. Drummer bartender Aaron Barrett. I gotta switch the letters around. D B D B A B. Because he doesn't want to do comedy anymore. But the bonus for me is that he told me years ago when he quit that I could have all his, all his jokes. And I'm like, fuck yeah. So I did my first one of his that last night and I'm gonna be practicing it. Nice, nice. Were you there last night? You probably didn't see my set. Uh, no, I closed last night yeah, at work. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
Um, where, where'd you go? Just very much. Oh. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I was wondering. I saw you post saying that you're hosting, and I'm like, yeah, it's not Tuesday. I'm hosting next call. Tuesday as well because uh, that's just my. Usually, I host the first Tuesday of the month, but it was Fourth of July, so mm. they gave me the third Tuesday, but asked for tonight, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm not doing anything. I had no plans. Yeah, a lot of comics don't like hosting. I love it. Uh, yeah. All it all it turns down to is just more stage time. You're doing like 22 minute sets. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, it's, I mean, and that's the thing is if I feel like I need more stage time, I tell more, I tell jokes in between, you're running the clock, I can cut someone else's time for my joke or whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> I can open it with stuff, I can close it with a set if I want. It's, I can stop in the middle and do whatever I want. I love hosting. And I don't feel like, I used to feel boxed in like it by, by where I was like, oh, I have to give everyone the same amount of time and everything has to be perfect and I want them all. And now I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to light you when I light you. If I light you, like, whatever, come on. I feel like that's just experience in anything. Because I used to be, very first time I uh, came here to do this same show was my very first podcast. Oh. And I uh, texted you like three days ahead of time, what time should I show up asking you ABC? Same exact thing. You know? What happened when I came in here? I came in here 10 minutes before you said my name and I flipped you off. Yeah, you know? yeah it was perfect. It was perfect. You feel, you feel more comfortable. You've been in it for over a year now. So yeah. it's like, you start to get to know the people and, and that, that probably happened with your hosting thing after a couple of months or a year in you know we're same exact learning curve well and yeah and then you get better and then other people start noticing that like you're good at hosting and then they ask you to host which is which is fine i mean i, I really i really enjoy I, I like hosting i mean sometimes i hate it like for open mic like sometimes friday happy hour now that i now that we can't drink at the station anymore um it is significantly less fun for me to be sober but my shows have been better so I've listened to some old Pamtastics I've been doing Pamtastics for almost six years now and I listen to some old ones and I'm so drunk and I remember too I used to run a three hour open mic on Fridays wow. and I'd get so drunk on hour three that I'd be I'd take the microphone and I'd go up here on top and I'd lay down and I'd host <laughs> laying down from on top of the studio and people would be like where the fuck is she <laughs> and I'm like I'm up here and I would be completely blackout I would have no idea I'd be like when did I finish the did I lock up and Jonathan was like yeah you know. but and I I've listened back to some of them and Boy, oh boy, am I fucked up. Oh, I so gotta listen to those. It's, it's really fun because I'll just go off in the middle. And you can tell, like, there's a line when I can have, like, two drinks and I'm fine. And usually after three or if I'm into four, I start to slur. Mm. And so you can tell. And it's like, it sounds, it's, I sound drunk. And even when I try to do my jokes that I know that I know, I know I know these jokes. And I should, and... I don't even remember doing the set sometimes because I know the set so well, and you know, and I, I'm so wasted that even that is like Jonathan will be like, "Yeah, you got lost on the," and I'm like, "Really?" He's the one booing you. Well, no, he just tells me at the end. Okay. He always tells me I did great, and then he'll go, "But you kind of with the did you did you mean to?" <laughs> but he still says he's oh no, but you were great. You're great. You're so great. I'm like, thank you, honey. Um, how long have you been dating? You three months. Three months, I think. And you're still happy. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's because she's far away. Do you, you have no, to, no. You have she to... lives in uh, South San Francisco as well. Oh, but yeah. she goes to Santa Cruz? Yeah. Well, she's um, off right now. Oh. So she doesn't live... Does she live there on campus during the year? Yeah. Uh, she's, oh. she's getting an apartment next year, I believe. Well, you can always do that DNA show. DNA? I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. The Blue Lagoon. 
The bummer with that show, but it's good because you'll have a place to stay, is that it's like a three-minute set. And so I've driven, I drove once with drummer comedian Aaron Barrett from San Francisco oh, yeah, to go that's... there for a three-minute set. And they used to have two. They used to have another one down the street. So you could hit two of them, which is fine. But I'm just like, I mean, I know it's a good show, but three minutes if you're driving from San Francisco like I never give anybody less than ten I'd, I'd have an excuse to go over there because my girlfriend's there right you so, then you, so just, yeah, then you'll swing be over that is it like a brainwash three minute or like on a Thursday type show no it's it's like that full like a Thursday type show but it's in like a it's in a bar but it's almost like a theater in the back and they've got all these oh, chairs cool. and it's all full it's great it's really stacked with the crowd but um for three minutes ugh I mean ugh I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, I mean, that's, but philosophy wise, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter how long the set is. You're either funny or you're not. Yeah. And also if you're oh, going to an open mic, most people don't go up there with like, you know, 10 minutes saying, let's try this stuff out. It's always like a premise and then it comes into a joke or like a one line or a, a little bit they've written. Right. And if they're going to do a 10 minute set on something brand new, it's not going to be that good. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like... I do it all the time, and all those jokes are shit, you know? Like, <laughs> it, it takes a long it, time to make. It takes a while to milk it and get it right. Yeah. Sometimes, though, <laughs> sometimes the jokes have just popped out of my body, like, 100% fully formed, and they're still that way, but it's that the audience has to take time to, like, I'm, sometimes I'm ahead of my time. So, for example, the 17-year late-term abortion joke that I'm using all the time now, I wrote that, like, three years ago. But nobody was ready for it. I tried that joke. I did it almost exactly the same way. And people just couldn't hear it. Mm, yeah. I have another one that I just brought out that was about three years old that was about it's fighting it's fighting misogyny with racism is the act and punchline. But I have I say something really racist about a black guy knowing the smell of a freshly plowed field. And I'm really I'm referencing he wants to sniff under my skirt and I say, oh, that's gross. Why would you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? But like, I guess they can <laughs> smell a freshly plowed field from a mile away. And oh, then at I the end that. I say, ah, oh, so you see, I fight misogyny with racism. Because I basically refer to them as slaves working in a field. Like it's a terrible joke. Anyways, I wrote it years ago and I just started bringing it out again and everyone's laughing now and I'm like, whoa. No, I'm smiling right now. Like okay. I'm, like everybody who's listening right now, I'm smiling. I think it's great. It's just like that's so fucked up. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where you're either ready for it and you're gonna love it, or you're not ready for it and it's just gonna be. Oh, Last night know? at Brainwash, I turned them off. I they did not like the 17 year late term abortion joke. I ended and I was like, I lost you guys on that one. Oh well, but I I opened up with nanny stuff and all this. I mean, I had them for a while, but they just didn't like the abortion stuff but then who yeah. cares about your audience right like i know i got one of those punchlines too we're about um this is my dad's irish his safe words back in the jfk <laughs> oh wait no safe words when you cut things short so it'd be lee harvey oswald <laughs> and it's just either you know a big That's laugh great. or people going fuck you safe word is jfk that's funny anyways that's a double punch yeah well yeah shorten it up Harvey, and it makes it longer. That's that, that that works on so many levels. It's just a well-constructed joke. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We were supposed to talk about God. I'm sorry. That's all right. Talk no, about we, God. We caught up for a while. Well, no, we I know. It's just other. it's just com comedy God or whatever. That's just how. That's just how. Talk about God. Goes. Um, I don't know. I was watching a lot of uh, BBC. You know uh, the big questions. 
You ever watch that? Uh, big questions. Did they do the one? Is Genesis real? Um, they do a bunch of them. It's usually uh, what do you call it? Discussion format with like one group of people on one side, one group of people on the other side, and there's a moderator. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. If you if you've seen it, you know it. But I was watching a lot of them, and they were talking about how um, shit. What were they talking about? I don't know what. It wasn't about what they were talking about, but I realized because like you know how a lot of uh, there's a study done saying that people that um. What's the word? People that, like, if they, you get a fact that you don't believe, it just reaffirms your facts even more. Ooh. You know, like, people will just automatically, like, let's say I say God is real, and you say, no, he's not, and you start throwing all these facts. Scientifically, it's proven that, you know, I will be even more stubborn in my belief of God. Oh. Yeah, okay. So, so I feel like, a, like, those type of TV shows and, like, people like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris that kind of walk around right. trying to, you know, say, oh, he's not real and this and this and this, why, is actually hurting the disbandment of religion in a sense sure I, ab- absolutely that totally makes sense scientifically and because every because people are stubborn and they're yeah. and they don't want it they don't want to be told that they're wrong yeah they don't like that so if you go look this is how you're wrong they're gonna be like of course i'm not but that's the beauty of the crux of the christian faith is that it's based on faith and their whole thing if you read mere christianity by c.s lewis it's the dumbest book because everything every time he goes into these big questions and all this stuff and he comes back to and we believe in god because we believe because we believe it's all faith yeah i feel like i don't know you hear there's um also if you pray and you believe in a god it affects your uh, brain centers Sure. Like the centers in your brain like it would a drug? Well, meditation is kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, that's what I was saying. I had a point with there, but I forgot it. it but no, it's about the, the stubbornness of people to dig their heels in so that now the disbandment of religion would be great because it would take away our differences. It's funny because religion is supposed to be about bringing people together, but it's about bringing like people together. And yeah. then di- like everyone else, they're not... But then this goes into weird scientific stuff. They're saying now that you have an emotional response, negative emotional response to people that look differently than you. It's like a genetic code thing that's put into us somehow that like as a thing, kind of like as a mother and a baby, we're supposed to like things that look I, like us because we're supposed to like our babies and not murder them. Yeah, I get what you mean. You want, uh, you can look at it and that's the same thing with ants too. You know, because if you ever, um, like if there are ant keepers out there, I've watched a couple of videos where like they'll try to mix colonies, oh. same type of breed too. And they'll just fucking go at each other. They'll go, they'll kill one colony, you wow. know, just fight off in a war. Same, um, species of ant, but it's just, you know, a couple of generations cut apart because of that whole, you know, they're in different things. Like they're different. Sure. They're, they're probably eating different sense. things. Yeah, yeah. They're a different, different part of the park. So I feel like colony. that's. It's also in animals, too, a lot. Like, you look at a pack of wolves. A pack of wolves meet each other in some territory. They're going to want to say, this is my land. It's just... But I feel we're like it's- genetically predisposed to hate, basically, things that look differently than us. Which is crazy, because it completely changes the idea of racism. Because it makes it like... That's... It's almost like an excuse. It's like, alcoholism is a disease, or whatever. Like, racism is genetic. Right, like we're that I because if that's what separates us is that genetically we're not supposed to like, but then why? But I, here's a counter argument to that. Then we're human beings. We're supposed to be the highest in the food chain. We've literally 
you know, crumbled mountains for the coal inside. Sure. We've killed it off entire species just so we want one part of their fucking body. Right, you know? sure. We're more than our genetics. Right. So I feel like that whole, like, I, I'm agreeing with you in the sense, like, yeah, you can say that, but it's it doesn't mean anything. Well, and that's the thing now is that we've done all that so we can easily overcome this genetic thing to hate each other. Like, can't we all, can't we all just get along, Rodney King? But, now this is weird. So, God and racism, I don't know how we've got from, but I used to be super afraid of black people. I grew up in Danville and I remember my, the first black person I ever really had contact with his name was Charlie and he was my piano teacher at the church and he played piano for the church he was the church guy and he was my piano teacher and I was so scared of him I, and I, I and I think it was just because he was black because everyone in Danville was white I didn't have any black friends growing up in, in high school there were four black kids that went to my high school um, one of them was Randy Wynn. He played for the Mariners and for the Giants. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I, we graduated the same year, Randy Wynn What and I. the fuck? I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah, he's a badass. He was a really nice guy in high school, too. He played basketball, and he never made fun of me. Like the other black kid in the school. I can't remember that guy's name, That's but he was taller. That's crazy. He, yeah, Randy Wynn. He wasn't even that... I mean, he, was, he played baseball, but he wasn't even that great at baseball. He was really good at basketball. Well, a lot of players, you know, will develop later on in age, too. I came off of El Cerro Boulevard when I was 16 years old, and I said to my mom, I have a crush on Randy Wynn. And she said, don't you ever marry a black man. And I think it got imprinted that, like, I'm going to marry a black dude. And then I wrote a play. I ended up dating Keith, my ex-husband, and I wrote a play about it, about the mothers in your head. And my mom was so upset. She's like, yeah, I'm not a racist. And I'm like, kind of. I mean, but I was so afraid of black people. And then I was like, I kind of actually, even in high school, like I wouldn't, I, I was afraid of them. And I don't know why. I, nothing ever happened to me. I don't think I watched too much news. I was actually the same way too, though. Like, well, I guess up until middle school too. Like, you know, I'd always walk home. If I saw like a big black guy on the side of the street walking towards me, I'd go on the other side of the road. Yeah. But I, I, I feel like that stopped. And this is going to sound really bigoted, I don't mean it that way, but I feel like it stopped once you actually start talking to people like that, you know, because then you're like, oh, it's not, it's it's almost fear of the unknown, right? you know, because you don't know what they're like, and even though it's the wrong way of thinking, you know, when the f- first time you see somebody like that, it is kind of what you think. That sounds really bigoted. I'm I know, it badly, it's, but that's but the thing, we're the accidental racists because we're yeah. white and we grew up in society that is so impregnated with racism and homophobia and all of the 90s movies. I mean, I think that maybe it did come from the gestalt. Like, 90s movies, every single movie made fun of gay people. Whether there were gay people in it or not. There was jokes, yeah. any comedy, the bu- half the joke, half the butt of the joke, but don't was butt jokes or being gay or somehow like even like things movies family movies like Jingle All the Way or the Santa Claus like think of the familyest family movie comedy oh, from the 90s what's... and they're so homophobic oh yeah and it goes through every single like every decade there's a different version of it you know like it's, <laughs> it's not just homophobic like uh, 1970s it was uh, racism towards black people right what's exactly that, um, really old fucking movie it was really racist from Disney oh um, Song of the South yeah oh yeah yeah Uncle Remus. Yeah, like that, the, the, the song. Chewing on the top. The song they play now, You nobody would think that's a racist song. Right. What's that song again, though? 
Uh-huh. There's a whole bunch of them in Song of the South. Um, but there's the Br'er Rabbit and the, I mean, I don't even, but it's super, well, and Disney, they're, they're, mm, I mean, Bedknobs and Broomsticks is a, is a, there, well, there's a lot of, the 60s were big on anti-Nazi stuff. Like all of a sudden in the 60s, I've been watching some old Twilight Zones and wow, they were really, they're actually kind of topical today even, but they were really ripping on the Nazis. It was nuts. Yeah, well, World War II ended 54, right? Or 44. 44, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think 44. No, 44 was... 46? It was 50s. Oh, no, we're stoned. No, no, no. It, It was in the 40s, though, because my dad was born in 44, and his dad was in the war. So... 48. 48? Yeah, that's what we I should, think it was. We should, we're, I should know this since I used to teach high school. <laughs> but I, my guess is 46. Let's see what the internet says. Uh, we'll see who's smarter. Because you're, you're, you're a lot younger than me. What, do they, what did they teach you in school? I, I could have... Actually, you're too young to be, have been one of my students. Jonathan now is the age that when I was teaching junior high that the kids were. So it's funny to date him and he was so young. Um, and and I've done terrible things. I've looked at pictures of him in high school and watched some videos and he was fucking hot as a high schooler. Like I'm like, well, what? here's the thing. You start you started dating him as what? an adult, so that's just I not, did. that's not weird. So that's not weird. You know? But if I but the concept of being able to look at a yearbook and see a young person and be like, they are fucking hot. <laughs> Uh, World War Two ended. Here it is. Here it is, folks. Year World War Two ended. It says 1945. We were both wrong. Damn. I said 44, 46. It's actually 45. It only lasted for six years. Well, there uh, World we go. War, World War One ended in 18. That's why. I, was yeah. a, I played a lot of Battlefield lately, so I'm just. Battlefield. You ever play Risk? You like Risk? That game? Risk? Oh, yeah. That was a oh, fun yeah, that, game. It was like a five-hour game, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends if you actually finish the game. I can't... Have I actually ever finished a game of Risk? I mean, we must have. I think we end up giving up at some point, like... But, well, I usually count that as a win if somebody surrenders. Yeah. You know? I'm like, I'm done with this game. Well, and I'll usually get out first because I have terrible strategy with Risk. I always... Uh, I take I try to mount my offenses from Texas I try to keep Texas as the which is the worst place to start like, yeah it's like it's surrounded by all sides it's yeah it's terrible it's like not smart but I like stronghold keep strong in Texas it does look like a nice big piece of land you know it that's does. why you want it yeah it's my it's center of my thing uh, more more God stuff so we've, we've gone to racism yeah so Randy Wynn went to high school with me and uh I, I cheered for all of his games. That's I, so crazy. I think yeah. he came into my work one day. I don't know if it was him, but it was a guy that looked like him. And he uh, pre-ordered a burger and it was under Randy. So I just like to keep the fantasy alive. I bet it was him. Yeah. Does Probably. he live in a San Francisco area? I think so. I mean, so the last time I saw him on the street was years ago. <clears throat> and I, I still have my old cheerleading jacket from high school and I wear it all the time in the winter. It's cold. And so, and, and I love that jacket, you know. So they were, I was standing outside. This is before I was 86 from the homestead. I was standing outside the homestead smoking a cigarette. And he came by with a bunch of guys from high school, Todd Benatar and 
couple of them. Max, somebody. I don't know if Mark Madsen was there. Mark Madsen played for the Lakers, but he also graduated the same year as us. And they were all hanging out, and they were like, Pam Benjamin? And I was like, how did you? And then it was written on my jacket. I'm like, of course you knew who it was. It's written on my fucking jacket. And they're like, no, you look exactly the same. And I was like, yeah, you guys do too. And it was, I mean, it was neat to see them all. But that was years ago. That was like, I'm going to say eight years ago. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, and I didn't go to my, I didn't go to my high school. They all went to the reunion. They all went, and there's a the 25th reunion is this year and they're having another one. I'm like, you just had a 20th reunion. What are you idiots doing meeting up again? It's supposed to be every 10 years, right? Yeah, but they're doing, they just did, they did a, a 20 year one and I'm like, fuck you guys. Go make me spend money and at some stupid bullshit thing in Blackhawk. Last time it was so lame. They're like, if you wear your cheerleading costume and do a comedy set, we'll let you in for half price. And I'm like, if I fucking perform, I'm getting in for free. Yeah. Then you'll give me, you know, what, you're going to laugh at me again? You fucking piece of shit. Like, I hated high school. It was awful. It was horrible. I did not get the dynamics of social dynamics of high school. Oh, I, I thrived off that. <gasps> I was in baseball, I was in drama, uh, and I had friends. Oh. So I. Would, I I didn't always hang out with one group of friends. I'd be that guy that just like talked to one group every five minutes and go through. High school was great for me. Wow. Um, doesn't mean shit when you get out into the real world, though. Yeah, but it does. Because I sucked. Well, I, I don't know if I suck at life anymore. I, I think I'm doing okay. But I sucked at high school. I, I was, I mean, I would come home crying. I did not. I did not get how it worked. Like, how you made friends and kept them or how, I don't know what I was looking for, but it, I mean, I guess when I started doing drugs in college and started like talking to people and getting in depth, things were kind of okay and people realized, but. My, my trick was just being an asshole to everybody. Really? Everybody, I don't know, in high school, I guess it was, I, I might have just hung out with a bunch of idiots, you know, because in high school, everybody kind of liked that. Everybody. Be an asshole. Dude, yeah. give me an example. I don't do it anymore. Here's no, but try, try it. Here, I'm walking up to you, and it's lunchtime, and I'm with this group, and I'm, you know, just where, you know me from drama class. Oh, I don't know how to do it like that. It's you wouldn't be, be like, moment. yo, drama geek. What? No, okay. no, I never, I never, I'd never punch down. Oh, yeah. but if you're make, being I'd, an asshole, I'd make fun being of an stuff asshole they say. is punching down. I'd make fun of stuff they say. I was very into uh, literature, and I don't know. I guess people in high school weren't very eloquent, so I could always. It's been so you'd be like, you'd be like, oh, so you're so eloquent. No, no, you don't remember being an asshole. Well, I'm just trying to get you to own up. Maybe you weren't being an asshole. I might have not been either. I don't know. Here was I remember someone being an asshole to me in high school. Here is a moment that I remember. Kenny, his name was Kenny, and he was black. He was tall. Kenny Thomas. Kenny something. God, he was a dick. Anyways, it was sophomore year, and I was in driver's ed. And he, the, the newspaper came out, and it had published the names of the varsity cheerleaders for next year. And he said in front of everyone in the class, in front of me too, because he was sitting behind me, Pam Benjamin, is this a joke? This is a joke, right? And I was like, Why would you say that? I'm a good dancer. I'm a good. I'm loud. I can be a cheerleader. What? What? What is? What? I'm not good enough. I'm too. I'm too much of a dork. Like, what's? What's wrong with me? I'm not pretty enough. Like, you tell me, asshole. What's wrong with me? Why you think it's a joke that I'm on varsity cheer? 
that I wasn't on it freshman or sophomore year, but maybe now I practiced at home or I got better at something or I did something right. And you sit there and you, in front of everybody, belittle my first accomplishment. I Like my first big accomplishment in high school gets immediately belittled. And now me as an adult now goes, fuck Kenny, whoever the fuck. He was black. I could have turned around and been, well, you're black. I mean, it'd been like, <laughs> my life, I might be a dork, but you're still black. I mean, I could have done, I, 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 that would have been racist, but I, I, I would fight his meanness with racism. I, but I didn't, I think I just cried. But it's like, why are people mean to each other? Did that mean that he liked me? Was that him being like, was that him flirting with me? I don't think so. Um, it could have been, you know, a lot of people, a lot, especially in high school, you know, guys don't know how to say shit or I don't know in high school. It's yeah. I feel like that was kind of thing in high school. Remember how it always, there was that whole thing where it's like, Oh, if a guy's mean to you, he likes you in preschool and all that. Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that didn't happen before that phrase went around. Cause then guys are like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's an excuse to be a dick to a girl. Huh. Well, I don't, uh, I, I never, were you, you, so you were popular, so you, you went to all the dances, you had girlfriends. Uh, I didn't have girlfriends. Didn't have girlfriends. I did not. I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't like girls in my high school. So did you go? I had girls that had crushes on me and I had crushes on girls, but I was too awkward to get, you know, to do anything about it. But you went to dances and stuff. You went to like junior prom. Yeah. Yeah, I went to junior. I went to my cousin's junior prom. With she your cousin? To, no, no. She was okay. in, she was in a Mercy uh, SF. Okay. All right, and I was uh, going to El Camino. One of her classmates invited me, and we went in a fucking fire truck. That's cool. Yeah, I matched my cousin on accident, but like I pulled up in the fire truck, and she's sitting. I I thought she went to the Burlingame one, so she had no idea I was going until I showed up wow. in a fire truck. It was like a surprise, not blind date. Pretty much. We were in the same color, too, so it was hella awkward. Oh, I'm I'm so awkward. Well, anyways, high school. Back to God. I'm trying to think of God questions today. I got I got something that a lot of people um, say that, like, you know, well, like how powerful is God? I feel like man is as powerful as a God, if not more. Because we made him up? <laughs> well, we made him up, and look what we do. We've literally changed this planet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. With the press of a button, we can kill a 20,000 people or more with a nuke or something. Uh, yeah. You know? We're actually, with uh, global warming and everything, we're raising the sea levels. That's what fucking it's so happened scary. in the flood. Like, we're morphing this planet. God, we're, the entirety of the human race is as powerful as God. Wow. Well, well we can definitely break things and... We know. Do we know how to put them back together? That's the question. And New with, Testament God. New Testament God. He's the nice, the happy God. But Let all the children the, come unto me. Isn't he the destructive one? No, the Old Testament God is destructive. Okay, that one. That's Sodom and Gomorrah God. That's that's you can you don't rape these angels, but rape my daughters, and then I'm going to destroy the city. God. Do you know the the story of? Um, I, I when Lot? you said that, I remember it now. Where it's, yeah, yeah. But like, I and have, then his wife turns into a pillar of salt. Yeah. Remembrance. We're we're that god. We're that god. Yeah. We're destroying the shit. Yeah. Fire b- raining from the skies. Yeah. Sad. Also, a lot of people. You know, why, why are we doing it though? Is it for the? Is it for the comfort? And how much comfort do we need? But how much comfort do we need? We don't need a lot. You've you've heard about a lot of people in society right now. They're sometimes moving out into the woods. Um, purposely becoming hermits. Right. But they have electricity and all these things, and they live in like nice 
they're not just holes in the ground. They're almost like apartment-esque, but, you know, it's the bare minimums. Yeah. And all they don't go to work. All they do is they'll go out in the woods, get some fire, hunt an animal, and relax for the rest of the day. Sounds like fun. Yeah, and that's kind of, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a movement, but something's going to happen where pe- more people are going to start doing that because they don't want to deal with... Society's laws and rules and paying rent and doing yeah. all that stuff. I-, I always freak out about, like... All this rent stuff just sort of kind of came about. All this America, um, the United States wasn't even, we weren't even the United States at the, you know, 500 years ago. This was Mexico or this belonged to the Native Americans, whatever. But who decided how the land was divided up? And all of a sudden we're like, this is my land in San Francisco and I own this building or this is my, but someone, San Francisco's only been around since like that 1850s, right? You know, and this this area of the mission wasn't built up in the 1850s at all. It was like out in the country. But then who decided this land belongs to me? We're putting the railroad here now. This is the railroad's land. Who did the railroad buy it from? Then do people have to buy it from the railroad? Like, who decided that all of a sudden little boxes on the hillside, you know? And well, it's... It's decided by the government because the government wants the land, they take it, and then Americans can purchase it or something along those lines. That's how it used to happen, you know, back then. They didn't care about sovereignty of other nations. America was a new country. They wanted to expand their borders and be the, you know, the biggest, yeah, most powerful thing. Buying it, do we, did they buy it from the government? I just, I'm just wondering who decided, who was like, well, this land is oh. mine now. I own this land. Well, I know. And uh, then who, who, who contests you? And you're like, well, nope, it's mine. I built a house on it. It's mine. Well, that was actually the um, policy uh, when Americans moved west from um, the original 13 colonies. Yeah. Like, if you got there and you started, you know, working on the land. Yeah, if you worked on the land, you built a farm, it was yours. Yeah. Automatically. That's all you had to do. I'm going to go work in Dolores Park, make a little Just farm, be like, this is mine. Oh, man, they won't let me do that. Uh, but no, ownership and stuff and things, it's, it's crazy to me because what... Why do we need so much money? Why do we need so many things? How many clothes do we actually... How many pairs of clothing do we actually need? How many pairs of shoes do we actually need? What do we... I, so, like, I as a poor person actually feel like a very rich person because I still feel like I have so much stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's it? The uh, national... Not national. Worldwide wage for poverty for a day is 97 American cents. What? Yeah. Wow, I make more than that. That's so impressive. I've been complaining that like, with my mutiny radio stipend, I only make like $4 an hour, but... But you also gotta, that's that's worldwide. They don't account yeah. for inflation and like, you know, right. and the how much everything San costs and everywhere else. Yeah, but it's just... I don't, no, like you don't need a TV. You, you grand can, injustice. No, there's people that are there's people that made this old navy dress that I'm wearing. Now I didn't buy it. I got it from my friend Megan. She gave it to me, so it was a hand me down. I don't buy clothes anymore. It's a cute dress. Anyways, this was made by some Bangladeshi slave person who probably got twenty five, you know, maybe like ninety seven cents for the whole day, or dollar eleven or something. And they're living in a tiny little shack with no real toilets. What? How do we allow that to happen? That they're good enough to make my clothes, but they're not good enough to live like me. I get what you mean, <coughs> but I also feel like the reason <clears throat> the reason that is is because they're Muslim. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. The reason that is is because in every day to day life, you're going to be more worried about this. Like you would flip. Oh, I would flip out. Actually, I do flip out if I uh, crack the egg yolk. When I make my morning oh, breakfast. Oh, absolutely. I'd lose, I'd lose my mind. Yeah, i lose my shit. Yeah. Or like, you know, if I stub my toe or if I wait five minutes for a bus. Yeah. But right. like when you see a major tragedy, 
that happens across the globe, you're like, oh, that sucks. The detachment makes it not real. But also, you can look at it from the view of to the earth, losing a bunch of people is kind of the same as like destroying a beehive. So like, I don't think no, the earth bees sees are the endangered. Oh, bees so are bees endangered. are worse. So bees are yeah. worse than dead humans. Actually, that's what I think even. The earth would see dead people as a great thing. Like, there's too many of them. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. So tragedies are bound. I mean, do you do you think there's going to be another world war? And if so, who who are we? Who is it going to be against? Who are we going to do it with? Everybody against Trump. Is that what's going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to be a world war out of that. There will be one eventually, but the problem with that is about nuclear weapons. Oh, so yeah. I think if there is going to be a world war, it's going to be with a bunch of nations who don't have those weapons, and the superpowers aren't going to get involved. Because a world war doesn't mean U.S. and everybody like else. It means, you know, like several nations on two or three different sides. It they're doesn't gonna, have to be... They're going to rise up against us, though. It, I mean, it does, it, Yeah, but I'm saying it doesn't have to be a superpower for a world war. You know, it could right. be like ten nations in Africa fighting each other. That sure. still be a world war. Wow. Well, no, it wouldn't, because it wouldn't be across continents. Right. They'd have to somehow... I know, because we're, we're back to risk again. I just... I don't understand why we even need to conquer other nations and why we can't all just be cooperative, why we have to have all the borders and you're those people and we're those people. We're all people. We're all here. Why we got to... Like, pr preserve well, cultures can... by eating cool foods and shit and wearing indigenous clothes and the whatnot. But why not give everyone access to all the stuff that we have? Because then... You hear about um, people... You're know, talking about giving access to all the stuff we have. You hear about a bunch of uh, Canadian people now are uh, going to uh, rivers, filling up bottles of water, going down the border to America and selling that water. And it's illegal now. Like, they're getting wow. fined. And they're selling the water for like 800 bucks for a caseload. Like, uh, not a caseload, but like a trunkful. Of... Of Canadian water. Yeah, just it's not even like water they buy from the supermarket. It's water they go and just put in rivers and streams and lakes. Well, that's dangerous. Because of how because much it... fucking pollution's in the U.S. Oh, but yeah, I mean, no one would drink out of a stream in the United States. That's insane. Yeah. Like you don't, you get terrible, terrible things. Yeah, so it's already happening right now. Like it used to just be, you know, this is my land, and that was completely okay. You know, this is where I want to keep my stuff. If you want too much of it, that's your own. You know reason if you can afford it do for it but now it's becoming you can't have something that you used to everybody used to have access to you know water used to be considered a not even a renewable source something right, it's free always have we always have water yeah and then yeah. we don't we're like uh th that's crazy actually because that's supposed to be you know water fountains yeah, well that's the that's the whole thing is that you need but we restrict food too you need water and you need food to live your body requires that there's, you know, there's a couple things to be alive. We need to have warmth, shelter. We'll call it, we'll say food. We'll say shelter and clothes is one thing. We have to have those because otherwise we'll die of hypothermia or it's yeah. too hot, whatever. We need to have access to food and water because that's what we eat and need to survive. And we probably need companionship. I mean, I put that a distant third. Yeah, that'd be a distant third in the fact that just to that that's more mental health. You know? Right. But a baby can't live without another person there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so yeah, we are, we are considered So some human animals. things are like, yeah, you don't, it's not like a, 
Like a kit. Well, kittens even are taken care of for some time. What kind of baby is like a horse? A baby horse is like dropped out of the vagina. It's like stand, run around. Here you go. All right, you're yeah. pretty much there. It is. Yeah. What's your name again? I forget. What the horse? Yeah, that's what the horse said. Oh, parents. right. I guess that done. I don't know. It was a bad joke. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, where do we where do we go? How do we get to animals, babies? Oh, to to live, to survive. But we don't even provide. Every human should have access to those things, the things that they need, the basic needs. And we're not even meeting those. So that's that's bad. I feel like it's bad too, but we're not meeting those standards in countries other than our own. I don't think we're meeting them in this country either. Like, look at how many people live in San Francisco on the street. There's like 8,000 now. It used to be about 6,500, and now it's gone up. Well, here's the thing. And like, don't get me wrong. I think they should be taken care of. But then that just becomes an argument of what do you mean by shelter? You know? Right, right. You can, you know, we, people give them change. They can go get their food. They can go get their water. They have the things to survive. Some of them also have tents. Right. So is is a tent considered shelter? That's what I'm saying. Because if it is... Then your whole argument over why do we need all these things, then everybody else would lose, you know, some of those things. Because then it just become a basic necessity, right? Everybody should just get a tent or things like that. Well, everyone deserves a tent. I mean, at least. At the very least, yeah. Uh, I mean, and maybe something fluffy to sleep on. You don't want to sleep on the hard, cold ground. No, it's no. It's no, no good. Sleeping bag. But, but then we look at, I look at, like, all the things that I've accumulated. And you look at the hoarders of the world that have accumulated so many things. <sighs> That it's, they can't even live anymore because they've acquired so many things. And it's like, why do we as humans feel the need to acquire so much? Like, okay, so we'll bring it back to the God thing. God is a spirituality and we try to have this, we want to have this spiritual relationship somehow. I'm I'm not sure why still, why we feel the need to connect or talk or think about the beyond. I mean, is it all fear of death? Is it... And it's like, why do we seek a purpose? And why, why do we, why do we do all these these crazy things? Why do we do all these crazy things? I don't know. And then why do we? But why have we decided that things and stuff make us better, right? Like that, that's just that was just that was that's been ingrained in our heads ever since we were little. You know, that's how Western society is. It's you know, like look at um. I don't know. When I was little, I always like you know go over to my grandma's house, watch TV. Every single commercial they had, I'd scream out, "Grandma, I want that!" Oh, you yeah. You know, yeah. I was a spoiled little fuck. I didn't get most of those things, but like it's just it's because it's ingrained down our heads. That's why also again that counterculture movement where it's like when I told you all those people uh, living in uh, huts, yeah, they're not even poor people. These are lawyers who are doing it, doctors who are doing it. One person even did it their entire life because her family moved out there. She's 70 now and living in Russia. You know, so... Wow. I don't feel like there is a reason. There's no need to do it, but it's because we've been told to do it. We will keep on doing it until we feel like we could do other things. Like, again, bring it back to the religion thing. It's all all we're doing is just taking something and never questioning it. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel like a lot of Trump supporters are feel about Trump right now because a lot of them are evangelical Christians. Are they really? Are they drinking the juice though? They still believe in him even after the scandals and even after the. There's a there's a good. I mean, the support is uh, very low, but there's still thirty like thirty forty percent wow. approval rating. Wow. 
So it's like those people. Like I feel like those and his those base people. Is, I know, his sorry. base is um, the evangelical Christians, and they've been given. Um, they've been told that you know a God is gonna. They've been told all these things about the Bible. They never questioned it. They followed into that mindset. I guess. Right. I feel like I'm phrasing it badly. But no, you know, no, you're phrasing it great. There's well, it's the racism too. It's that for the first time ever, they can't say the moral majority that. The Republican Party, and for they can't say that they're the moral majority because there aren't as many Christians anymore. There's other religions that are represented, and they're they're not white Christian Protestantism is not the major religion in the United States anymore. Oh no! So they're scared, and that's why the racism comes out, and that's why we're afraid of the terrorists. I mean Muslims. I mean terrorists. Sorry, that's my George W. Bush impression. Um, <laughs> But all of this is like hate against Islamics, hate against, uh, all the homophobic stuff. It's the same thing because that's part of the moral majority. You know, if you asked people 50 years ago. Oh, I know my. Oh, I'm sorry, go on. Oh, no. Well, just if, if 50 years ago you would have said, what's the core of what do you need to have to be a Christian in our nation? And what will you not? And they'd say a marriage between a man and a woman. That once, once marriage between a man and a woman is gone, Christianity is dead. And now it's like they're like. Most people are okay with gay people yeah. because we've opened our eyes. They're people, and we're like, gender is changing how we agree about sexuality or what is people's business or not. It's changing slowly, but it is. Hopefully, women will get equal rights at some point and equal pay, and and maybe you know rights and over their own bodies. And I forget. But it's about control. I forget what. Um political scientist said it but um he said that rights aren't something we inherently have there's something we have to constantly keep fighting for wow because you know the moment you stop is the moment you don't have them anymore like sure. you can say that with um all right let's look at uh, slavery and you know when it uh, was repealed how was it repealed every uh, the whole like 40 acres and a mule they didn't get that they were pretty much slaves all except for name right you know yeah and then they had to fight a little bit more to get that like each time each and every step you do you make it's gonna. It's how do I put it? It's all, you're only gonna do baby steps in order to get there, and once right. you get there, you gotta keep on fighting. Yeah, it's it's scary to me that we're going back on the Roe v. Wade thing, but um, and now it's good because gay people can actually be out and be honest and live authentic lives to to their own selves instead of having to hide it and be. I mean, because gay people have been around for a long time. Yeah, and they just pretended to be something else or dealt with the stigma or the arrests. I mean, it used to be illegal to be gay. It was it's, illegal. It's illegal in a lot of countries. It's you crazy know? to me. It's I'm like, it's illegal to be who you are? Whoa. But then it's the thing with Mike you know Pence. What? He believes that it's, he believes in conversion therapy. He believes it's a choice. See, in here, with all those like Christian fundamentalists and all those things, like it, they also can concede that like some some of them do concede that there is a gay gene, you know. Okay. So if they let gay marriage happen, the gay gene will die out and there'll be less gay people. <gasps> I guess that makes sense. Maybe if you're not a dick to people, it'll work out to you. Yeah, that too. Well, it's always nice to be nice. Yeah. Oh, it's just crazy stuff. Well, it's 3.07. We did it. Wow. We did a full hour. We did an hour and seven minutes. That was great. That's good. Yeah, yeah we went all bad. over the place. I did yeah. too. We caught up on the comedy scene. We talked some philosophy, some God stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and you're so young and you're so smart. That's so, that's so nice. 
thank you. Pam. Yeah, no, you can actually hold a conversation with somebody. That's that's not this is that's not a normal skill set. Comedians are not normal, but I don't think that we value our own skill sets. I know what you mean. Yeah, because they're not skill sets that most people would need in everyday life. Right. Well, they are, but most people take them for granted. Like you do need to hold up a conversation in everyday life. Yes, but. And now for an hour, and we did a really great job. Ooh, you have cigarettes. That's exciting. All right, everybody listening to the AltaCast, all 11,000 downloads in June. Thank you for every single one of those clicks, you listeners out there. You fucking weirdos. You listen to us talk about God every week. I love it. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Go to the Mutiny Radio website and click that donate button. If you've enjoyed this podcast before and you want to enjoy it again, just do that because we're poor. Uh, and then there was that whole thievery thing. But everything's going to be okay. Because it always is. <laughs> Isn't it? it I mean, is. it's always okay. It always ends up turning up fine. Yep. Everything ends up working out. It's just a matter of how much I stress out in the interim. So I'm going to try to be a little more Buddhist about it. A little more Zen. You got this, Pam. Yeah, I got this. Uh, tonight, come join us at Brainwash. We're going to have a good time. And uh, next week on Some Call Me Tim... Oh, I don't know who it is. I hope it's going to be Andrew Norelli. He actually went to high school with us, too. And Norelli? he... I don't think I have a... He's a comedian. Meta. He's been on Conan. He's been on Dave Letterman. He's been on all those things. He's been a comedian for like 26 years. Wow. I've, I might have seen him then. You know how it is. I'm bad with names. Yeah. I've, I got to open for him once. Oh, that's cool. But he's a traveling real... It's all he does. Oh, for wow. his real job. He travels around. He does comedy as an agent. It's going nice. to be around That's probably why week. I haven't met him. I'm not worthy. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm barely really. He sent me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, uh, I want to do some short sets next week. Uh, who do you know? And I'm like, well, I know everybody. Um, so it's going to be fun. But maybe I'll meet him. We'll, I was hoping maybe next week he'd come for some Call Me Tim and we could talk about Randy Winmore. He remembers him from high school, too, but he's probably famous enough that he could actually like, talk to him or whatever. Yeah. Like if Randy Wynn ever saw me, he'd be like, eh, I don't think he'd. I've got someday I want to be. I want to have people rem- be like, I went to high school there and get excited about it or whatever, but it's probably not going to be till I'm dead or something. Okay. We're going to end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. So call me Tim. Enjoy everything on Mutiny Radio. And uh, we'll see you this Friday on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It's going to be a good time. Bye.